0: Gano, Sego, Annie, and Bonjour. I'm Julian Taylor, Afternoon Drive host at 106.5 Element FM. This is Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto and 95.7 in Ottawa. And I am filling in today for David Moses. Today on Moment of the Truth, a special musical guest. She's been nominated for Juno for Indigenous Music Album of the Year for her album, The Fight Within. She's a Western Canadian Music Award winner, and she's a SoCan Songwriting Prize nominee. She mixes Cree and Denny Music with Trip Hop and R&B, and she's one of our favorite featured artists here at Element FM. Welcome, Esquay. Hello. And I think I have David Moses somewhere on the line, do I? Are you there, David? Hey, Julian. Oh, I can hear you. Esquay's here with me, and we're sitting here. Say hi.
1: Hello. Yeah, hey, Esquay. How you doing?
0: Oh, she can't really hear you, but I can. Oh, can't he says me. hello, by the way. <laughs> How you doing, Dave? What's going on?
1: Yeah, hey, that's great, Julian, that you're uh, filling in on the moment of truth, as you said there. <laughs> yes, moment of truth. Um, yeah, moment, yeah, moment of, I think you said moment of the truth or something. Oh, like did that I? That. <laughs> I put in a T? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, um, it's great that you're able to do this for me. And as I yeah, mentioned to no everybody, that uh, I'm on the road. And uh, I will be heading out uh, to the Mississaugas of the, the Credit, or First Nation. They have a three-day gathering going on. Mm-hmm. I'll be going out there late this afternoon to set up, and I uh, couldn't get in the building until later on today. But um, they have this three-day gathering, and what's very cool about it is that every year they have these guests come in from all over the place. So to give you an example, yeah, they have, um, they have a bunch of guests. They're going to have Scugog history. They're going to have Alderville history. Curve Lake history, Hiawatha history. So it's not just about the Mississaugas. It's about uh, all the surrounding communities as well this year. And I believe it's their 10th anniversary. Oh, that's well. wonderful. So, yeah, it's really cool. So uh, anybody that is interested in attending, they can, all, they can also come out to this three-day event. Uh, I believe it's free to attend. Uh, it's at their, their really uh, nice new facility, uh, their, their, um, their um, community hall. It's a really nice place, so if anybody's interested, maybe look it up online. And how long are you there um, for oh, ninth. I'm there for three days. So I'll be calling in every day around this time uh-huh. and uh, giving you a little update on stuff and maybe having a little bit of interview with uh, people. But that's what I'm going to be doing is, is looking for uh, for interviews that we can bring back and put on moments that are late. Perfect. Well, have a great time. It sounds like a wonderful event. Yeah, I, I sure I hope so. And, um... I hope you have a, a great show with... with Squire
0: again. You're breaking up there. you
1: fabulous. And thanks. Yeah. Is that better?
0: Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, All we're, right. we're going to have a, a nice chat, and we're going to play some of her tunes, and uh, it'll be a good uh, a good show. We're very, very stoked to have sure. her. Yeah. All right. Okay, thanks, man. Julian. Talk thanks, to you Dave. later. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Safe All right. journey. Bye. Okay. Well, hello. Hello. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me. What you been up to? Um... You making an album, prepping for some shows.
0: Right on. You got two coming up.
2: I have two coming up.
0: You got one in uh, Montreal and you got one in Toronto. So this, this weekend, right?
2: This is very true. Yeah.
0: So Friday in Montreal. Yep. And uh, Saturday here in Toronto. And you're debuting a new single in Montreal.
2: Yeah. This, at, um, oh, this is when I get to test my French. It's le Menest. There.
0: Le ministère, I think so. Something like that. Looks like it's mm. spelled that way. I'm not yeah. really good at French myself. but uh, <laughs> So this will be the first time that you perform the new single live, is that? Yes. Yes, okay. And the new single is Little Star?
2: That's it.
0: We've got it here, and the video is pretty amazing. Thank you. Uh, how do you pronounce the, the person who... Sarah... Le- Sarah Legault. Legault, yeah. Okay.
2: So she is the director and animator of the video, mm-hmm. and we met... We met a year and a half ago or so at um, at a show that I was playing and she came up to me afterwards and reached out and, and told me the kind of work that she does and I looked up her stuff and she's just absolutely brilliant. And it was really nice to work with her because she was so committed to the message and the love that was going into this project and mm-hmm. I feel like all of the people that she brought on board to join her on the uh, animation side and and the creation side of the video, I feel really brought that message forward as well. Like they, to me, it just seems like there was nothing but love that went into that project, and I think it started with her and trickled down through the team that she put put right. together. So,
0: well, tell us a, a bit about the project itself mm-hmm. and about the song. I, I'm I've seen the video. I, I know uh, what, what the song is. You know, focused around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and read a little bit about the bio and how you wrote the song in mm-hmm. in Banff after um, hearing the verdicts of uh, Tina Fontaine's killers mm-hmm. and um, Colton Bushy. Yeah, and Colton Bushy. So, would love to hear. I mean, your your, your yeah. music's very powerful, and and you know, listeners need to know about these things.
2: Well, I was at the Banff Center last February, and we were doing a writing residency, and at the time that I was there the trials were taking place mm-hmm. and I was finding myself reacting to a lot of the headlines that newspapers were running at the time of these trials. One of them that really st- stood out to me was the Globe and Mail ran, ran a headline where it a, it acknowledged, or pardon me, acknowledged, it focused on the fact that at the time of her death, Tina's body had drugs and alcohol in her mm-hmm. system. And I just found that this was possibly one of the most insensitive and it's derogatory derogatory prejudicial and it it creates it creates a further bias in people that you know this is something that I talk about quite often is that we don't we don't recognize a lot of the time the messages that we're receiving and how those impact our view systems and beliefs and and whatnot, and how you know at the end of the day I'm going to assume that the majority of people do not wish to be unkind and do not wish to be prejudicial and do not wish to, you know, hate or have any of those feelings. But when we're taught these different things in such subtle, sometimes subtle and sometimes not subtle ways through society, through prominent sources like our media outlets, we don't often recognize how we're being penetrated by these so you're, of things. So what
0: you're saying is that it's very systemic? Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, it's... um it's something that just gets ingrained and so my goal with these sorts of songs is to start pulling away those layers and and addressing the issue that i feel is at the root of everything and that is that you know we're being taught this we're being taught these messages we're not born hating each other we're not born um judging each other right. we learn those behaviors
0: right no, they're not inherent they just no. yeah of course they become mm-hmm. Things that get taught to us, yeah. and I, I, I remember seeing your tweet uh, about those particular verdicts, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's something that I think struck a chord with a lot of people. Um, I hope so. I hope so, because um, certainly it was very unfair.
2: Absolutely. What happened? Yeah. So both both accused were acquitted, and they were acquitted within about a week and a half of each other. Mm-hmm. Um. These were both young indigenous people who were killed. um, And, you know, I'm not I I I hesitate to go too far into the trial and and the the points that came up during the trial, because I I often feel like it's it's a, a sticky subject, a tricky, you know, line to be to to be balancing on and and i think you know it's clear that my opinion on it is that these verdicts were improper i feel like these verdicts were um biased and imbalanced the representation of indigenous people on the on the juries was next to nil and you know why is it that in 2018 because this was taking place in 2018 we're still uh, at a state where indigenous people make up a greater percentage of the incarcerated bodies in Mm -hmm. North America, pardon me, in Canada, but yet are so grossly underrepresented when it comes to jury representation and and these sorts of things. And, you know, these are the, the things that I'm hoping people will, will think about when we are looking at these trials and for the folks who are not convinced that the accused should have been convicted. We need to still be peeling back these layers and going to the, to the, the base, root. the root of it yeah. and saying, well, you know, these are the, these are the moments that we have to look at first before we ke- can even get to that, um, to those verdicts, the le- the level of the verdict.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you find that uh, in that particular area, I mean, both, both these cases um, are very close together in, mm-hmm. in location. Yeah, And uh, I know that the indigenous population there is, is, is vast compared, comparative, not necessarily comparative to you know a, a place like t- Toronto but it's right. very visible.
2: Yeah. Yeah the vis- I, I'm from the prairies as well. I grew oh, up in okay. yeah, I grew up in Treaty 1 territory which is um I grew up in Winnipeg itself but the the territory ranges mm-hmm. beyond just Winnipeg proper. And the prairies are a very different place for vis- visual representation of indigenous people um as well as level of racism towards indigenous people. Yeah, McLean's could... magazine voted uh, Winnipeg, the most racist place in Canada, a couple of years ago
0: mm-hmm, I remember that
2: and you know I think that um that's a huge part of these experiences and one thing that that I think folks you know it would be helpful to you know as a part of these layers being pulled back is the recognition that currently indigenous people need to work twice at hard twice as hard any Canadian counterpart just to be recognized in the, with the same basic Mm -hmm. level of care or respect or, you know, anything. It's true. And so once we can start to acknowledge that and that, you know, that statement is backed up by the statistics that are out there when it comes to incarceration, incarceration rates and representation on juries and uh, representation of public funds. And I know we like to, Debate the amounts of money that are going into our communities and versus, you know, what's going into um, non-indigenous communities. And when people actually spend the time looking up the stats and looking up these numbers, will notice that they're actually greatly, under, grossly underrepresented. Mm-hmm. So the amount of funds that are going into our communities are not these astronomical numbers that people think they are. Right. right. And so, you know, why is this the case? Why do we have to work twice as hard? just to you know grow up alive grow up (laughs) you know i agree let alone all of the additional things like proper or post-secondary education or access to opportunities that are the same as people who live in cities or all of these different things right Mm -hmm. like the the root of it all is that we have to work twice as hard just to be alive
0: i agree well you're doing great work um and uh, we're going to fly to a song. You're listening to uh, Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto and 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. I'm Julian Taylor filling in for David Moses. You're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto and 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. That is Esquay's new single. Little star, and it rocks. It's got a good feel to it.
2: Well, thank you.
0: Really digging it. And uh that's going to be part of the new record?
2: That is. It's, um, yes.
0: Okay, cool. So where's that at, and what's going on with that? Where are you recording that? Um...
2: Well, like how I've done every single record, it it's being done over a period of time at a bunch of different studios, and mm-hmm. there's never one place for some strange reason. I can't yet figure out, but... So I've worked. I've worked in Toronto. I've worked in New York. I've worked in Vancouver. I've worked in Six Nations. And I imagine that the remaining songs will take place in some of the similar studios. Cool. We're about. I mean, that the album's done. We're just you know putting some fi- like finishing mixed
0: stages and stuff. Are you done? Finishing
2: that? polish. Mm, majority, majority is at that stage. There's still a few that are in tracking.
0: Right on. So. Yeah. This record's been what a year and a, a half in the making or is that much longer than that?
2: No, not at all. It the my last album came out in October 20 November
0: of 2016.
2: 16 17. <laughs> 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 I put out an album at some point right before. And now
0: she's putting out another one. Yeah,
2: there we go. They're
0: awesome. <laughs> so you be are you behind the producing <laughs> helm of this or do you have working with a bunch of other people or is it
2: yeah, well, I'm working with I'm working with one primary producer who is um who who did this last song okay. or who who produced Little Star and I, but I do have my hands in all of it. Of so course. even though, like I I'm writing all of the songs um and I make sure to be a part of each stage because I feel like if I were to just throw my hands up then it wouldn't then it wouldn't be yours. It wouldn't be mine. Yeah. Um yeah, so I like to keep myself involved in every step are of
0: it. most of the songs going to be touching on you know material subject that like you know what little star is about tina and, and colin are we going that direction
2: well it's a conscious album okay but i'm not going to say that every song is strictly about this you know finite topic mm-hmm. i think that um I think there's more room on this record for me to be kind of coming out of my shell in terms of the types of things that I talk about. They're all it, such as, uh, I, well, because it comes out in still, it, it's not coming out until the fall. I kind of want to hold okay. bits of no, it. Po- no yeah, problem, as yeah. we start to release singles, um, so there's a bit of surprise that I want to, an element of surprise that I want to keep in there. But Good, okay. there's going to be more. Um, but that being said, let me tell you all about it. <laughs> there is going to be, or there will be more. <laughs> elements of, you know, my growth agra- again mm-hmm. as a person um, as a human being. Yeah. A lot of the lessons that I've been learning and yeah. And well,
0: as a, a, as a human being just yeah. out of curiosity, um what are the type of type of things that you do on a daily basis or uh, that ha- sort of help you, you know, uh grow. Not just in an artistic hmm. way, but you know, is Obviously, music is your, your passion, but mm-hmm. in, in order to create an art form, mm-hmm. you have to. I, I believe that an artist has to have some sort of grounding, uh, sort of mechanism. Yeah, and because uh, some artists they'll tell you, "Oh, well, I have to go to to sit in a in a in a, in a dingy bar for four years, and then I can come up with a record." Like, right. That's sort of. So, what is it for you? Like,
2: um, well, to be honest, my my grandfather passed away just over 10 years ago. And when he passed away, I walked away from ceremony and I walked away. I, I was a power dancer and I did all the things. And when he passed, I stepped away from it because I felt like I was, well, I was going to give myself a year to mourn and to be present in that process. Of grieving. Yeah. Of grieving. And then that year became two and two became eight and eight finally became ten and mm-hmm. and then I realized at one point that you know I started receiving these you know messages I guess that it was time to come back and so over the past year I've been reintegrating myself into my teachings and into my community back home and and um, and so that's sort of where I've been spending my focus in terms of growing as a person is that mm. I've I've given myself that opportunity to be vulnerable again, right? Because that year of grieving had wound up being, you know, um, closing myself off to a lot of things and Mm -hmm. which, which was what I needed to do at the time, right? I don't at any point want to discredit the time that I needed to take in order to heal and do the things that I needed to do individually. But, you know, now, now that that stage has, has passed and, and this new, I guess chapter for myself is opening up. I'm noticing that um that's where I'm spending my focus in terms of, you know, learning how to listen again in a mm-hmm. in a new way. Um as an example, one of the one of the bits that is going to be a part of my show at the Mod Club on this this Saturday is to be inviting people to join me as I'm learning these teachings and as mm-hmm. I'm learning these lessons. And one of the ones that was really um strong in my mind uh, of something that I've received is this teaching that this teaching that um of of listening and learning how to listen without asking a bunch of questions right so allowing whatever it is that we're observing or that we're hearing to be the thing that we're pulling and we're not, we're not taking our need to ask questions and being overshadowed by that need we're you know
0: pushing that away and pushing
2: that away and being present in what it is that we're learning all the time. And so I'm trying to make that a a daily practice for myself as well.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. You're listening to Moment of Truth on 106.5 Element FM in Toronto and 95.7 in Ottawa and on the Radio Player Canada app. I'm Julian Taylor filling in for David Moses and we are here with recording artist Esquay. How you doing again?
2: I'm still fantastic. How Wicked! are you doing? <laughs> I'm still
0: fantastic. It's actually quite a nice day out. It is. It's a little
2: icy, but the sky's bluer than it's been.
0: In a long time, which is nice. Having is. some vitamin D is always important.
2: You know, getting away from this cloud of doom that is southern Ontario.
0: It's February. I know. February is always the cloud of doom.
2: It is. It's Come on. It's like October through <laughs> May is the cloud of doom, and then we get haze for a couple of months.
0: That's true. So, so most of your family is still in Manitoba. This is correct. And uh, now you're here living, uh, closest, closest. Yeah. Where are you living? I'm in Hamilton. You're in Hamilton. Glamour and the Hammer. Glamour and the Hammer. Is Mm -hmm. that what they call it? I thought it was what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking before the break and, uh, Apparently, you were the one that coined the phrase uh, <laughs> was, "Hamilton, uh, the Brooklyn of uh, uh, Toronto."
2: Yes, it was. It was all me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you <laughs> know,
0: you got to take take the claim where you know stake your claim. So, where when did you actually start getting into music? Like, I thought what, you were going
2: to say when did you coin this term? Yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, well,
0: well, 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 when? Let before? me tell you.
2: Yeah. Um. What was the other question that I was supposed to answer?
0: Well, I really now only want to know when you coined right. the t- term, but I was asking about. Your your beginnings in music and and Ah. how that happened.
2: Well, it happened. um, I was still living in Winnipeg and I was working at Investors Group.
0: Mm -hmm. Prime time.
2: Prime time. And a friend of mine that I worked with was auditioning for Canadian Idol. No kidding. This was the first time Canadian Idol ever came to Canada. And she was like, I'm going to audition for Canadian Idol. And I was like, I want to audition for Canadian Idol. Because, you know, that's something you do when you don't ever sing in front of people and you've never told anybody that that's what you actually wanted to do.
0: Up until then, it was just the mirror in the bathroom.
2: Yeah, or my car. Or your car. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I was a kid, I sang for the city choir and I did music stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was a dancer, so I'd been on stages. But at that time, this was like, this was pre-internet to everybody. Pre no. pre-accessible internet anyway. Uh, there was no access to the thought that I could be a musician for a living, right? Like I didn't have that around me to think that like, oh, I could, I could write songs and make a living as an artist being a singer. Like I had no, nobody to show me that that was a thing.
0: So no family members p- performed or played?
2: Well, my aunt sang, but uh-huh. she sang she sang in some bars and stuff like that. But again, it wasn't anything that she did for a living. Okay. So it wasn't anything that I I had, you know, uh, access to or right. or whatnot. And so yeah, I I came home and and my partner at the time, we'd been living together for a couple of years at this point, and I was like, I want to audition for Canadian Idol, and he was like, Do you s- even sing? And so I made him stand at one end of the apartment. This is Winnipeg, where there's tons of windy, long apartments. They call them character buildings, and <laughs> character meaning old. And yeah, I, I belted out an Atlanta Miles song, <laughs> and he came out and he was like, "Okay, let's do this." And he was like, "You know, you have to sign up for voice lessons. You need to da 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 da." And gave me sort of this checklist of things to do in order to prep for this audition, because he's a forward thinker. And so I went and did those things and I went and auditioned and I made it through some rounds and then I, you know, got to the TV round and Uh I walked into the studio and there were these judgy judges staring at me and all of these studio lights and I'd never had studio lights on like that. And I walked in and I selected a Whitney Houston song because that's what you do. Um, I have nothing.
0: Okay. Oh, boy. Yep
2: super easy if you haven't heard that song it is the easiest selection i could have made in life and i got to one of the super high notes and my voice cracked and i was just like all right and i saw one of the you know the judge's faces kind of cringe and i was like oh shoot
0: that was it that
2: was it and i you know like i was i wasn't embarrassed or anything i was just like you know at the end of the audition i thanked them for their time i didn't even really like uh, need them to give me feedback because i was like i
0: you felt it. You I knew. felt it. We
2: all knew what happened. Like this wasn't one of those moments where I was going to give them the opportunity to mock, to mock me because I was like, I made the mistake. I know yeah. that's you know I know that's well that, that mm-hmm. mistake
0: is, is is probably been something that's helped you in such a you're a very dynamic performer and your and your stage show is completely dynamic. Thank you. Um, so that one Whitney Houston error might have helped.
2: Well, I think so because it you know it's it's. Humility, right? And sure. not humility in the sense that I was humiliated, but humility in, in yourself. In myself. Like I'm a human being and I'm not perfect and you know, my tools or or muscles aren't always going to function at full capacity and sometimes or you're gonna make mistakes and do like boo hoo.
0: You do the best you can <laughs> you do the best on you the can. days that you can do the best that you can. Exactly. And If that's not up to par, then that's the best you did. Right. But you can feel it as a performer. Um, you know, people may come up to you and they may say, Oh, you were so great. And if you felt that you weren't, it yeah. doesn't really it, hold any uh exactly. you know, weight really.
2: 100%. I I was doing um last year we did the CBC First Play Live and I had the worst flu. Oh no. And in between takes, I had a a box of tissue at my pedal mm-hmm. because I was blowing my nose and sneezing the whole way through.
0: I can relate to that. You know?
2: Yeah. So it's just like there's you win some you lose some and and at the end of the day it's to me, it's about the performance and it's about the spirit that you walk in there with. And I think that's the thing that people walk away from the show with, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you go in and you, your spirit is in a good place or, you know, like you're, you're, even if you're tired or sick or any of those things, if your mind is like far, far away, that's what people are going to pick up on even if you hit all of the notes, Sure. However, if your mind is there if and you are a part of it with them, even if your performance isn't the best thing you've ever done in your life, people aren't going to pay as much attention to that because they're going to be feeling included in whatever it is that you're sharing with them, mm-hmm. right? Like we want to be included in things; we don't want to just look at a, you the, know, there's a, a painting.
0: Of course not, I, and you're absolutely right. I mean, there's, I, I, I read a lot of books, and and what Wayne Dyer has this one quote, which mm-hmm. you know he says that. Inspiration comes from being in spirit.
2: Ooh, good one.
0: It is a good one. And what you're saying here resonates with so many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, For instance, that connection could even be related to your presence, being present with like a dog. You know, they can feel it. Totally. A child can feel it. Your audience can feel that. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Thanks, Wayne Dyer. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, (laughs) So you are playing at the Mod Club.
2: I am playing at the Mod Club this Saturday, February twenty third. Excellent. It's an early what show. time's the show? The doors are at seven. Um, there is a wonderful artist named Reet who is on right at seven thirty, mm-hmm. and then I go on at eight fifteen. So you go it's on at Very very early. Do you hear that? Do not be confused by you know like.
0: Just be there when just, the doors open.
2: You know, just go, you might want to actually. Awesome. There.
0: There will be masks.
2: Everybody gets a mask. Secret.
0: All right. We're, we're gonna That's we're going
2: to I'm going to say though. <laughs> we're going gonna... to get in trouble by my publicist who's giving me cut eye right now.
0: There are no masks.
2: There are no masks. It's just
0: anyways. Welcome back to Moment of Truth on Element FM 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. I'm Julian Taylor, filling in for David Moses. Our guest today is recording artist Esquè. <laughs> I tried.
2: Same Thank you. That was perfect.
0: Okay, good. How you doing? Okay, I'm good. So we, we've got a show coming up in Montreal That's on Friday, and
2: twenty second.
0: Right, and the twenty third here in Toronto at the Mod Club, and that show oh, doors are uh, seven. This is also true. And you're on at eight. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so sort Still, of.
2: So come for seven because you're going to see Reet at seven thirty, and, and she's brilliant and beautiful.
0: Cool. Where did you meet her?
2: I haven't met her. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I have just been um, turned on to her, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic, and I'm excited for her show.
0: Great. Oh, We'll have to check it out here at the station. Yeah. So the first time you and I actually met was, and we were talking about this earlier, was down on Girard Street this at an East End sort of artist co-op. Maybe that was, what, three years ago? It was before your first record came out, and you've done such wonderful things and it, since
2: then. Well, I... that would be incorrect, because my
0: oh, yeah? first record came out in 2013. Oh, there we go. Yeah. But oh, it was
2: right th- before my second record. So the
0: sophomore record came out. The yeah. one that uh was nominated for Juno and Correct. excellent.
2: Yeah. Very yeah, happy for, for that, your success. But- well thank you.
0: Yeah, you've worked hard. Thank you. How are you feeling about it all?
2: I feel you know, it's it's an interesting question because the industry is it's a tricky one to maneuver and and it's tough to always be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and still feel confident. So there's there's days that I feel really stoked about how things are going. And then there's days that are really challenging. And I think that that is just a part of the business. And, you know.
0: And what what kind of things do you find challenging about it? Because I'm sure there's people listening that are aspiring yeah. to be artists.
2: Well, I think, you know, it's hard to be a political artist. It's hard to be a conscious artist. Mm-hmm. And not uh, be swept up by the idea of, Writing tunes that are more digestible by the masses. You know, when you're writing things that are so specific to, um, to a community that's not favored by the masses.
0: It doesn't have a, a huge voice. Yeah, you're looking for it, and and you're one of the artists that is helping that.
2: I think. Well, thank you. And I, you know, I don't have any, um, I, you know, I, in no way do I mean that as I don't want to be doing this. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I. I do it because I love it and because it's what motivates me to get out of bed every day. Right. But it does come with those days that are also like, oh, this is this is tough work. I, I really feel it, you know, like this. It's in not your body. Yeah, in my body, in my soul. Yeah. And I feel it in the ways that are so full of love. And then I feel it in the ways that are so hard and hurtful because I feel the impact of the, you know, <clears throat> part of me, the rest of the world and how it responds and how, you know, it can be heavy to be,
0: you got to have rhino skin. I
2: mean, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right.
0: <laughs> we're, we're human, right? Uh, bleep. Bleep, yeah. But I think that it's a it's a very interesting thing. You say that this is what you should be doing because it's what gets you out of bed, meaning yeah. that it's very obvious to me that this is what your calling is. It's what your dharma is. It's what you're supposed to be doing. And you're supposed to be writing these political songs yeah. uh, and not appeasing everybody.
2: Absolutely. My mom always told me to, you know, to be the best person that I could be, and, and I just happened to be loud, so. That's cool. So I'm going to be loud. Why not, right?
0: <laughs> and that brings me to a couple other questions. I mean, mm-hmm. if you weren't doing this, mm-hmm. what do you think you would be doing?
2: I would be in the arts in some way or another. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I mean, I definitely, there's just no option to not doing this.
0: Great. That's the yeah. answer that I was looking for. So Perfect. And I'm curious uh, about your songwriting process. Mm -hmm. I mean, are you an instrumentalist as well as a a, a lyricist and and a a vocalist?
2: Yeah, sort of. Like I I took piano lessons. My Mm -hmm. grandmother was a piano teacher and so she taught me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So I have a, you know, a root understanding or basic understanding of music theory and that kind of stuff. So I can plunk away at a keyboard Mm -hmm. and find notes that make sense and
0: so when you're you know. writing melodies is, is yeah. that how you're going about it
2: absolutely i i plug my i have a little um midi controller that i plug in a midi controller is like a little mini keyboard that you can plug in
0: into your computer into my
2: computer that runs through software that i can then trigger different types of sounds. so it doesn't have to be a piano sound i can uh. make all kinds of things i actually work a lot better writing um bass lines and strings and those sorts of things and then building off of that
0: Cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and as far as the lyricist goes, I mean, mm-hmm. are you writing melodies and, and coming up with these things together with the lyrics? Or do you find yourself, like, for instance, when you wrote uh, Little Star did, and you were at the BAMP Center, did mm-hmm. you go out and just sit there and write on pen, pen to paper and, 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 and put this, this story together?
2: Yeah. So, Little Star, I was there with a couple of my bandmates. And so we, okay. were, we were all in the room together and that song took i f- took us i think you know maybe 10 minutes to write
0: some of them do yeah
2: and i mean it took a long time in terms of you know building up the production to what it is now and the process um that the... part took time but the the meat and potatoes of writing the song took us about 10 minutes and it was one of those things where i had i you know i stood at the mic and i had my pen and paper there and and it was like as i was writing the words we were tracking the vocals and it, wow. it was just like proof and it was done
0: that's magical
2: yeah it was i you know these songs though these sorts of songs kind of coming back to what you say about it being my calling i feel like in that way it, i i do agree because these songs they're not mine right they come through me
0: i agree with but that but i
2: don't possess them they're not they're not for me to
0: you just pick them out of the air because they're there on. and you're and exactly. you're in tune to that moment, that time, mm-hmm. that expression, and that spirit, and that's yeah. what allows you to do that. Exactly. Um, the best writers are the ones that do that. Uh. So we're going to bounce to another song. Um, do you want to talk about Healers at all?
2: Um,
0: or should we just listen to it?
2: You know. Well, we can listen to it, but Healers was actually done at the BAMP Center as well. It was? Yeah, but it's from my uh, previous album.
0: Okay. Go ahead and talk about it. We'd love to hear about the process and, and what this is about.
2: This song is, is funny. I, I wrote it. Um I used to live in New York and I had this manager back in the day when I was living in New York who asked me to write rewrite lyrics and melodies and whatnot to an Erica Badu beat. And I was like, sweet, and it was for this <laughs> yeah, yeah, was for right? this major yeah. producer awesome. who I'm not gonna mention. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, no problem. So I wrote Healers to a completely different beat, right? Like it was a a different song, but the the lyrics and melody were the same, vocal melody. And I was so proud of it because I was, you know, I was inspired. She's a huge inspiration. I love her artistic freedom. I love her, you know, her political voice Mm -hmm. and, and the role she plays as an activist. And so I wrote this song inspired by that and inspired by her. But for my community. Cool. And I was—I sent it off. I did the vocal production myself, sent it off, and they were like, "No thanks." They didn't want it. So, and this was years ago. This was like ten years ago or something.
0: But it still found the light of day.
2: Well, I held on to it, and I'm like, I'm not letting this one go. And then, yeah, years go by, and right on, and then it became a thing. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Moment of Truth on Element FM 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, and on the Radio Player Canada app. I'm Julian Taylor, filling in for David Moses. Our guest today is recording artist Esque. Hello. Hello. So that brings me to this question, and it's the question that every artist gets
2: No, I have not had lunch with Erica Badu. Damn! <laughs>
0: That's awesome. So I would like to have lunch with her. I would do. If you do, please call me. I I, FaceTime me. But. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> but I'll she's... take photos and send them <laughs> right on the fact. Yes. If you get to have lunch with her or Joni Mitchell, uh, I need to have photos, please, and thank you. Good to know. Okay. So she's an influence of yours. Mm-hmm. Who else, from a musical standpoint,
2: mm-hmm.
0: do you feel influences you? And it doesn't have to be, uh, like, it can be sp- their spirit. It can be. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Bjork? York, okay. I can see that. Yeah. I love her. Again, it's just, I'm inspired by artists who are free in their artistry Mm -hmm. and who, you know, don't allow room for, well, at least not externally. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes in their hearts or how, you know, people are impacted. But I'm inspired by the fact that they are free to be themselves and... Without allowing room for, you know, things like media and mass messaging to impact their next choices in terms of how they present music, how they present fashion, how they present their art and their craft. Right. So, yeah, Erica Badu, um, Bjork, Portishead is a big one for me as well. David Bowie,
0: Portishead is great. Yeah. Have they been? I don't know if they've been doing it at all. I mean. And I haven't heard know. from. Them. And
2: she's, you know, the thing. One of the things that I love about her is that she has massive stage fright. She hates performing. Really? But she does. Well, she did do it. How do know? you and, feel about
0: it? Oh, I love performing. You love performing. It's my it's favorite like, thing. It's right on.
2: It's my most favorite thing of what I do.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, then you have to go <laughs> see her at the Mod Club. Yes, my moon is in Leo. I think that must Saturday, be it. February twenty third. Doors at seven, and you will be on at eight, mm-hmm. and uh, get there early. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean it's it's live music. I, I find that the show the early shows is nice. Yeah. And then you get to go out and, and be inspired. You know, for and the, the rest whole of the thing evening. is
2: done by nine thirty PM. So for those of you like myself who like to get a reasonable amount of sleep at a proper time, you will still be able <laughs> to do it even though it's a Saturday night.
0: Um and plans after those few shows mm-hmm. are it's finish the record. Record yep. comes out in the fall. Correct. Do you have a title for the record or don't no, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Thank you. Keep it a secret. Yep. Um and any shows like playing through the summer or
2: yeah, we're going to have, we're playing some festivals and some other shows. I think we'll, those are are you know, as we get closer to...
0: Of course, announce them then.
2: Announce them then, yeah. Um, there's definitely...
0: Any overseas plans, U.S. plans?
2: Yes and yes. Oh, excellent. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Have you been there before? And, yeah. yeah. And Lots. what's the reception there? I mean, and I'm only asking because I'm not really aware of what the indigenous population of Great Britain
2: is. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that, I mean... <laughs> I laugh, but I'm sure we're there no, as well. I'm sure. Right? I'm sure um, of it. Yeah, it's been really receptive. I think that one of the things that I really appreciate about the UK and and the European market is the way they appreciate music is different to North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they ap- appreciate live shows is different to North America. And so there's this there's this culture of showing up to places because they believe in the venue or the promoter. And, That's they, amazing. and they know that that venue or that promoter will bring them quality music, quality artistry. So they show up and which is nice as the artist going through, you know, you can play a room or you can play a city that you've never been to before and you'll have a full room of people who are wanting to be there because they want to see what you what you have to offer. That's great. And me. it's so it's nice. It's a it's a really nice way of being received and. And it, you know, provides a space where you can, you know, feel safe sharing and, and so it doesn't
0: it's not really a follow the leader sort of type of thing and herding cats kinda of
2: No. Thing. Yeah. I mean of course they have you know, pop culture just like anybody else and mm-hmm. in th- in that realm it's it's its own beast. But sure. in terms of just live music, it's a it's a t- very different thing from here.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. We're gonna almost get wrapping up here and play another song, but before we go, I wanna say thank you. Mm-hmm. It's a pleasure to see you again. Thank you it's and ta- and chat with you likewise and uh my w- ha- one thing I wanted to ask you is in this in this battle mm-hmm. forward, because as an artist and uh who's you know helping put a voice to indigenous issues mm-hmm. where do you think we need a little bit of help, and where do you think the community at large can help, where you can help, and what's where do, where do you see it moving forward? you know we we were in the quote unquote age of reconciliation yeah it's one thing to say sorry and then just keep on doing what you do
2: right you know there's i don't i don't want to misquote her um so this is not a verbatim quote okay but Cindy Blackstock who i also really look up to i think she is doing incredible work for our communities and for our younger generations there's there's sort of a few things a few ways that I would answer that question one would be with with her quote which I like I said I don't want to misquote but it's it has to do with um this idea that saying sorry is just it, it's places you in the present right what we need to do is we need to continually be looking into the past to say these are the things this is how I feel about what's happened. And these are the changes that I'm going to make going forward. Mm-hmm. Not just an apology so that we can say, oh, this this thing in the past is of the past. I'm sorry that that happened. Now let's move on. It's say, well, what are, what are you going to do so that you don't, like what are the changes that you're going to make how, and how does it make you feel? When you hear about all of these stories and you hear about all of these things that other people have participated in, how does that leave you to feel as a human being? Right. right? Not as a, you know whatever your role might be but as a human being how does that leave you to feel and the other thing for me is as you know as i'm growing and as i'm getting older and and you know i'm not a teenager now but i'm also not You look like one. Well thank you. <laughs> but i'm also not you know um a grandparent or anything like that i feel i'm i'm starting to see the way generations interact with each other and and how there has been a disconnect between the younger generations and the older generations. And I feel really I inspired right now by so many of our younger generations or our younger ones who are standing up and speaking up and making movement and making change. And and I think that there's a lot to be learned um, and shared between both, between the younger and the older, right? The older generations have experience, but we also have Hurt that we've learned along the way and we have to be careful that we're not cycling that back down to our younger ones. And yeah. our younger ones have a fresher lens and and haven't learned all of that hurt necessarily yes, just yet. And so there's this exchange that can take place where it's really powerful and really, really strong for us to both hear each other. And this is that that lesson of, you know, not always being in a space of asking questions, but what is it that I can learn? Where can I listen? Where can I just be present without needing to put my own need to know more.
0: Exactly. Mm. It's, a, it's a definite communication. Thing. There's a book called It Didn't Start With You. Mm. And uh, it sounds to me that what you're talking about is really the genesis of what this book was about. And mm. it's about how past hurt, whether or not you were directly involved in that past hurt as the next generation, trickles down each line absolutely and uh that communication and that conversation is very important to have yeah i agree with you thanks for being here it's amazing we're going to play another song great uh and uh yeah you've been listening to moment of truth on 106.5 element fm in toronto and 95.7 in ottawa i'm julian taylor filling in today for david moses our guest.